0: That was the most miserable Wednesday. It was awful, okay? It was terrible because it was a hard repair. It took me about eight hours to do. It was a full work day. My hands were killing me. My back was killing me. I'm not made, made for that kind of stuff, just letting you know. But I did drive. It, it, it is working. It's fine. But I had to take an entire day and stop what I was doing because I didn't listen to the warning signs. I, I watched that stupid charging Circuit light on, and I said, "I'll get to it eventually." You know, when it's convenient, when I have time, exactly. Unfortunately, I wasn't far away from home or anything like that. It was just an inconvenience. But had I been traveling or in bad weather or something like that, it would have been serious. And I wonder if our lives right now are flashing lights. Right now, let's see if we can see if there are any of these warning lights going on, stress levels, critical, friendship level, low, need, attitude, change. Uh, maybe some of us run the scales like a trucker, because we, we know we're carrying too much weight. And we say, well, I'll get to it eventually when I can, when I have time. And, I, and I, I found that the body is the temple, but we treat it like a storage closet. That's the main thing today. We treat it like a storage closet. Here in Kentucky, I don't have to tell anyone here, those of you that are joining us online, we're in Kentucky. We are not a healthy state. We know it. We have high rates of heart disease, high rates of hypertension, cancer, everything. We are not one of, we're always in the bottom when it comes to being healthy. And so so this is kind of a message to to myself, to my fellow Kentuckians and people that are going online. The Christian takes seriously the care of God's creation. Okay, I found that as I grow in my relationship with God, I respect him more and more as creator. It's amazing. Uh, His creation is amazing. His creation is astounding. And guys, and I love science. Science is great. Uh, it, it's human- I found that all science is, is humanity's best attempt to understand how God put things together. That's all it is. And when you understand science, your faith increases. When you understand your faith, your love for science increases as well. Um, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. So God gets our best. That's the point of this series. God gets our best. Which can say if God is God, he gets the first part of our morning, gets the first day in every decision, gets the first uh, tenth of our income, gets the first day of the week, and he also gets the best care of his creation. So question is this. Is his creation getting, his, getting our best? Well, I want you guys to, uh, to say a word here, a, a phrase. magio day. It's, it's written up there. Everybody say magio day. Okay, that means image of God. Okay, in the in the Genesis story here in Genesis 1, 26 to twenty seven, then God said, "Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move on the ground." So God created mankind in His own image, in the image of God He created them, male and female He created them. Okay, so the creation story starts from very general, basic chaos, water, uh, light, and everything. And then each successing day or stage, whatever you want, uh, God gets more and more specific. It starts with plants and vegetation and then life in the sea. Imagine that, that Darwin said that life began in the sea. Well, that's what Genesis says. Life began in the sea and then land animals. And then finally, on the sixth day, the human being was made. The human being was God's pinnacle of creation. Is the only person. The only being that God created that is made in His image. Okay, He bestowed upon us His very own image. Interestingly enough, both the evolutionists and the creationists agree on this: that that humanity is the peak of creation, a peak in the world. And that's one of the reasons why evolutionists love uh, uh, love evolution so much, because it puts humanity at the top. If there is no God, then who's God? We are. And that's why evolutionists are able to look over so many glaringly, problem, glaringly big problems, like things don't create themselves, that left to themselves, things sort from, move from order to disorder, not the opposite. But they're willing to overlook all of those things because it puts us at the top. Now, the Christian says we're at the top, but God is above us, and therefore we, we respect it. All right, so what does it mean to be made in the image of God? It's created a lot of confusion. You know, uh, the, the, the great Calvin and Hobbes says, you know, made in God's own image. Yes, sir. And Hobbes says God must have a goofy sense of humor. And looking at the way he created some of us, I would agree he has a goofy sense of humor. All right, but, you know, it may, it may, does it mean that God has two arms and two legs and a head? I, I, I don't know. I really don't know, I've never seen him. I, I know what Jesus looks like, sorta, of. he was a man, but uh, I don't know what that means. I, 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 but if we are made in the image of God, that has some serious implications for how we live life. All right, so if I was to ask you, what is your favorite car? I asked this to a guy uh, in one of my Inside Out Dad classes, and, and, and he said, oh, piece of cake, said, Eleanor, have you seen Gone in 60 Seconds? Yes, a 1968 Shelby uh, fastback. And I said, okay, what color? He goes, he goes, black. And I said, cloth or leather and tear? He goes, leather and tear. I, I said, what color? He said, black, black on black. And I said, awesome. Okay? So I, let's say that I put that on a flatbed and I drive it over to your house and I toss you the keys. I, he, he said, well, that, that'd be really nice. I said, okay. Would you take care of it? And he goes, well, yeah. That's my favorite car. Of course I would take care of it. And I said, why would you take care of it? And he says, well, because it's valuable. And I said, yeah. And that brings me to point number two, that we naturally take care of things we believe to be valuable. We don't have to be told to care for things of value. We do that naturally. Naturally. All right, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. This is what God says about you. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have rescued, who, who you received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. What was that price? Jesus Christ's life, valuable. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And like I said, if you look at the way people treat things, you can tell what kind of value they place on them. One of my friends is a UPS driver. And he said this. He said, one of of his biggest deliveries is gourmet dog food. He said, that's one of my biggest deliveries. He said, I would not, he said, "I, I said that, Dave, you would not believe the amount of money and time people spend on their dogs. He said, many of his regular deliveries are dog owners that spend more on their dogs than they do on themselves. Well, you can tell they value the dogs, right? Uh, some of you obsess over cars, man. Some of you guys and some of you ladies obsess over cars. You wash them, you wax them, you detail them. You throw a fit over a scratch. You've seen all 60,000 Fast and Furious movies, and your car is more valuable than your home. Okay, some of it tell we value the cars. Now I've got a U of L basketball shirt. I use it as an oil rag to clean up spills. Hey, you know, at least it's valuable for something. But that's that's exactly how much I value U of L basketball. And I'm not alone. (laughs) See, we naturally take care of things we value. I don't have to tell you that. It just happens naturally. And my job here today isn't to tell you to take care of yourself. That would be, you've heard that message so many times. My job here today is to tell you that you are of infinite value, that you were made in the image of God and Jesus died, gave the cost of his life for you. God spent time on you. And once you see that you're of infinite value, then everything changes. The lowest dreg laying in the gutter, homeless, poor, is of more value than a 68 fastback, Shelby. Because the lowest dreg was made in the image of God and bears his image every day. We've stopped talking about that in the church. Maybe it's because we have so many demands on our time, we're slaves to the urgent, rather than what's important. But at any rate, we cannot say God first while neglecting his greatest gift to us. I've debated whether or not Jesus is the greatest gift to us or our, our, our bodies are God's greatest gift, and I'm thinking to myself that without, if you were not alive, Jesus' gift would not be for you, so maybe God's creation is his greatest gift so that we can appreciate the gift of Jesus, I don't know. But here's the thing, my goal today, is I want to bring awe back into our lives. I wanna, I, we need to bring awe back into our lives. Like I said, I don't, I don't need to stand here and convince you of God's creation. We need to take care of ourselves. If you believe yourself to be valuable, you will take care of yourself. Uh, I'm gonna let you know what a masterpiece you are today. I've, I, I, I've lived in the house with my dad for, for, for 47 years, and I, I, growing up, I was not able to escape the, uh, the talk, of, uh, of how, what a masterpiece uh, the human body is. My dad's a surgeon and has been, graduated medical school 50 years ago, um, and for 50 years been studying the human body. And so I want, I've invited him up here just to share a little bit about what he has seen and what he has experienced with the human body. Um, and uh, it's just very, very important. Now, we start off with Romans 1.20, that for a sense of creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. In other words, God's creation is, is on display for everyone. And then one of my favorite passages of Psalm 139, 13 through 14 says this, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for it because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I get an amen? Yes. Uh, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So what is your, uh, inter- you know, what, what is it that you uh, have come to the conclusion of?
1: Like, like David said, I've been Fifty years, 54 years since I started medical school. First day I walked into the anatomy lab, uh, I was just struck by the, the body and my awe of the body and its intricacies and its work has just been growing every time. I eventually ended up doing a little talk on God as a, the body as a temple. And if you've got to realize that everything that man thinks is good about structural things, God already did it and we want to show you this in hopes to inspire you all to have the same awe and reverence for this magnificent, magnificent structure.
0: Our point up here is not to do anything but make you guys say wow, okay? So check this out. This first one is uh, a miracle of architecture known as reinforced concrete. Uh, Anybody ever worked concrete, put rebar in? Yes, Uh and I cut my leg open on a piece of rebar. It was not pretty. Uh, But that is the genius of of buildings, reinforced concrete, okay? This is our greatest invention of architecture, right?
1: Great load bearing with minimal amount of weight. Uh Uh-huh. And so
0: what does that have to do with anything?
1: Okay, look at your bones. Your bones are your loading structures. And bones are basically rebar. They've got a mineralized matrix with columns Running through it, that's the that's why your bones don't weigh 500 pounds, or why your body doesn't weigh 500 pounds. It's the best mix of load bearing and weight.
0: So, so you're saying that basically our bones are reinforced concrete.
1: Yeah, uh, the the principle of reinforcement. Principle of it. So
0: all these architects did was discover what God already did. Okay, interesting. All right. So next time you take a step, you all appreciate the fact that God designed that in such an amazing way.
1: Yeah, there's a picture of it. Show, show the picture here. So okay. the, there, there's a that's, a, that's your leg bone. It's your lower leg bone. And you sure that's the, what that is? That's, right. that's, you sure that's okay. it, front view and side view and everything that's right. Okay. And so yep. the next one, that, that, that cortex, that whitish thickest part, basically that's rebar. That's basically rebar.
0: So okay. God has provided reinforced in, in every single one of our bones. So next time you take a step, appreciate that, y'all. Uh, be in awe of that. So, uh, the next one is uh, the, the, the miracle of architecture, the dome, is, uh, is something that, that, that takes a load and disperses it this way, correct?
1: Yeah. It's called a geodesic dome. Uh, book, book, Mr. Fuller made a big name. This is how you spread loads over a larger and area. And this
0: is a miracle of human architecture. This was the genius… Creator humans coming up with
1: this, right? Yeah, and and so in the next picture, I guess this is show, doesn't do a very good job but It shows how you take the loads from the top and you spread it to a base That's wider so each amount of load is spread over a larger area Well, once again look at our legs the next picture shows the side view of the knee and This is right up there. So we're looking at this bone right here So you see there now put that geodesic dome right where it belongs It fits right there so that all your load that you bear, instead of being concentrated, is spread out over a larger area so that uh, you can walk for all these years with that kind of a load. And once again, therefore, the structure does not have to be as heavy, but it still functions entirely normally. And it's been there ever since God created. Mm -hmm. And and
0: (laughs) even your leg, you have one bone, you have the the femur there, which is the strongest bone, and then you have two, the, the tibia and the fibula, which disperses... The, the, the load down there, just like an architect. See, guys, God spent time on you designing these things. And this is just a sur- scratch in the surface. We only have, you know, five minutes or so to talk about this. There is all this kind of stuff going on all over your body. This is, you are the product of a master designer, master designer that surgeons get to see if we don't. Yeah, so, right. uh, and the, the next one.
1: Yeah, so, so this next one is... This is the, you know, the, the soaring arches of the great cathedrals, it's called, uh, you know, the flying buttress. Now, in the old days, you put load on the top of the building and it would collapse if you got too much load. So, some genius back in the 1300s realized if you put these, fl- they call called flying buttresses, you've seen them in pictures, Out to the side, it disperses the load. So you can see the next picture. So there's your load going straight down. It's too much load. It's going to collapse. So you put these flying buttresses, A, there to disperse the load Mm -hmm. and then carry the load down. The next picture shows how it goes down. And all of a sudden now you've got load that's manageable over the entire structure. Well, Mm -hmm. where is that going on in the body? Well, look at your picture here. There's an x ray. This is your pelvis and your two hips and your legs going down there. You see the flying buttresses? That's your hip pointers out to the side. So, there it is. It exists uh, right there. So, once again, this great, fantastic architectural principle that underlies everything that is weight-bearing or load-bearing is already in your body.
0: And and remember, these were the geniuses of architecture that simply replicated what God did in the body 6,000 years ago. Uh, 1 Corinthians twelve fourteen 14 uh, uh, and 18 through 20 says this, so even though the body is not made up of one part, but many, but in fact, God has placed parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So, many parts together, okay? Romans 12, 4 through 5, for just as each of us has one body with many, many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others.
1: So, I'm a baseball guy, tennis guy. That motion right there, how does that occur? It's called the kinetic chain. Here's the, here's the once again, you build up from the ground all the way up. Each part of your body works I took care of a tennis player who had a sore shoulder. He had a bone spur in his ankle. It didn't allow him to bend his ankle well enough. caused trouble with his shoulder.
0: Everything works. And, and the, the parallel, guys, is that if one person in our church is hurting, it affects everyone. Um, and, guys, God has one design for the body and for the body of Christ. Understand, that we, are, we are dealing with a master Architect, a master designer, and I hope that that just increases your awe of that. Um, have, we have any Toyota employees here? Any work for Toyota? Uh, anybody drive a Toyota? Anybody heard of Toyota? Anybody <laughs> been to? Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, um, back in the 90s, uh, Toyota, I remember reading this in the newspaper, that's back when I read the newspaper, um, uh, and this amazing new manager- managerial thing, okay? Uh, prior to this, they had this huge warehouse with inventory to, to build parts on the car. They came up with this new genius, I mean, absolutely genius, revolutionized the management technique. They had enough, they did an inventoryless thing. They have enough on, on site for one hour of production, and then they have trucks arriving every hour to replenish that. They cut down on their inventory. It streamlined things. It made it was this manufacturing genius thing that they came up with. It was one of the most brilliant management thing in hundred years since, since Henry Ford invented the assembly line. And I remember reading that, and this guy here having to rain all over everybody's parade, saying that already exists. It
1: exists. Everybody. Everybody has muscles. You store only about 20 seconds' worth of energy in your muscle to do this activity. Now, you can kind of overload the system, but that's what it is. But you're continually bringing more energy supply throughout the entire...
0: If we didn't, our muscles would be...
1: Yeah, well, you'd have to have storage capability of muscles this big rather than this big right here. And it's not very efficient. Liver just continues to drive out the, make all the glucose and by golly goes to the muscles. So this, once again, this just in time, this lean process has been working on everybody since creation started.
0: So the, so basically Toyota just discovered what God had already created and was existing in you since the beginning of time. Incredible. Um, so uh, uh, the human muscles, yep. Right there. Excellent. So Tony Dungy, uh, the the famous football coach, said something here, um, and I'd like to pull this up. As followers of Christ, we should maintain self-control and discipline, especially when it comes to taking care of our bodies. Doing this honors God. He gave us the gift of our bodies through the miracle of his creation, taking care of our bodies, watching what we put into them, and being careful about how we use them each day, are responsibilities we should not take lightly. So y'all, that, that is just a small portion of how God has designed you. Um, this a small portion of what he's seen over 50 years of, of surgery and working with the human body. Um, and so when, when, I, when I heard this, all these things are going on, I, just, I was just in awe of God's creative, magnificent creation abilities. And I think we should give God a hand for that. I mean, it's just, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't have to convince you to take care of yourselves. I have to convince you that you're infinitely valuable and therefore worthy of being taken care of. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So, I have four, con- four little proverbs, four little statements that I want you to, to uh, apply. Remember, these are four things as we care for our bodies. Number one is this food is fuel, not a drug. Proverbs 25, 28, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control, okay? Food is fuel, not a drug. I have a confession to make you all. I was really stressed the other day. Uh, And I went over to a friend's house, and he'd just seen his dealer and gotten some heroin. So uh, we sat down at his kitchen table and shot up while we talked. I guess it was a stress shoot-up. I have another confession to make. I was feeling depressed. I'd had a rough day. And I felt like I needed something to make me feel better about myself. So I took a hit of cocaine. I call it comfort cocaine. I didn't actually do that. Well, sort of. I didn't use heroin or cocaine. Let me substitute food for that drug and see if it sounds any different. I'm gonna restate those. I was really stressed out the other day. I went into a friend's house. He just got in the bakery, got some great sweets. We sat down at his table and we ate while he talked. I guess I stress eat. I was feeling depressed. I'd had a rough day and really felt like I needed something to make me feel better about myself. I ate six garlic breadsticks. I call it comfort food. Substitute food for drug. They're being used for the same purpose, not for fuel, but to make me feel better, to escape both those instances I was using food as a drug. I wasn't hungry, I was stressed and depressed. I used foods to make me feel better. And the problem is this, if I was to stand up here, I'm just gonna point honesty here, if I was to stand up here and tell you that I used heroin to help me deal with stress, I'd be, y'all would get rid of me as pastor. But if I was to stand up here and tell you that I used food to help me deal with stress, I could be pastor here as long as I wanted. Society recognizes one is bad and the other, and the other one is okay. And you say, well, eating a cupcake isn't the same as taking a hit of heroin. It doesn't have the same consequences. Yeah, you're right. However, I've visited hospitals the last 23 years of ministry, and I've seen several people in the ICU for overdoses, but I've seen far more people in the ICU for obesity-related illnesses. We need to recognize that far too often we use food as a drug, and I'm guilty of it too. Okay, food is fuel, food is necessary, but it is not a drug. If you stress eat, if you need comfort food, you're in the wrong relationship with food, and you're using it as a drug. So honor God for having the right relationship with food, you all, that's a big deal for us. The second thing is this, sleep isn't just for infants. All right, Genesis 2, 2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. God sees the need for rest, and therefore we should too. Sleep is not just for infants. Um, I'll tell you this, Uh, I I love studying the family, I love studying parenthood, and one of the studies, one of the things I've been overly concerned with is the amount of medication that our children are on. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, sometimes it's necessary, sometimes not, but we cannot disagree with the fact that our children are on all kinds of medicine, mostly for ADHD. And uh, I, I saw a study, took 25 children that were diagnosed with severe ADHD, I'm talking like incapacitating ADHD and they did a sleep study on them. And they found that 21 of the 25 snored uh, atrociously, and the other four snored big time. And and so they did a study, and what they found out was that they were never getting into the REM sleep, the stage five sleep. Yes, REM is more than just an 80s band. Yeah, uh, REM, rapid eye movement sleep. And so their snoring was stopping them. They were asleep, but they were not getting the deep levels of sleep. And so what they did, they all had their tonsils removed. That was a standard. How many of you all uh, have had your tonsils removed? Okay, that was standard back when my dad was a kid and everything. Okay, the kids quit snoring, and in 22 of the 25, symptoms of ADHD disappeared within a week because they were getting enough sleep. They were exhausted. And I don't know about you all, but when I'm exhausted, I'm a different person. I am not a nice person. I am a cranky, mean, dramatic person. And I don't concentrate well. I don't speak well. I don't do anything well when I'm tired. And, guys, that is what is going on with so many of us. So many of us are not getting the sleep that we need. And that is huge, it is affecting us, it's affecting your relationships at home, it's affecting your, your marriage, it's affecting your kids, it's affecting your work because, you're, because we have devices and everything keeping us up when we weren't supposed to be uh, kept up like that. So parents, if you have children with devices, computers, TVs in the room, get rid of them. They need to be going to sleep. They need to be going to sleep and so do you. Sleep is not just for infants, take care of yourself. Number three, connection is not just for mobile devices. Alright, Proverbs twelve twenty six. the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. During the lockdowns of 2020, which has been shown to not been effective at all, Johns Hopkins study, uh, did absolutely no good, but did a huge amount of harm. Mental health suffered greatly. We all know that. That's no great secret. Only one group of people, one group of people reported doing well mentally and mental health-wise in 2020. They, they, It was men didn't do well, women didn't do well, Republicans didn't do well, Democrats didn't do well, independents didn't do well, all reported decreasing levels of mental health. Not one single race, broken down by race, did well. Only one group of people did, and this is true. They were people who regularly attended worship services. They were the only ones, they reported a plus four Rating of their mental health, everyone else decreased. Why was that? Well, it was because one simple thing. They had connection. They were with people. They were not isolated. They, they, they engaged with their community. And engagement with community is essential to mental health. Okay? 2020 saw a major, major, major problems with mental health. And one of the reasons was we stopped meeting with friends. We started uh, distancing ourselves from people and distancing ourselves from our community and we got online and what was fed to us was not real. And so people that were engaged in worship services were the only group that reported higher levels of mental health. We need each other, we need Sunday morning, we need community groups, we need each other. It is essential to health. So care for yourself by not keeping people at arm's distance but engaging in community. You will find the joy of friendship. Fourth is this. You are infinitely valuable. Treat yourself like it. Treat yourself like it. Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, it's just the right time when we were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know that you were worth Christ's death. He paid for you with his life. You are infinitely valuable. I, I, I was talking to the guy who described the 1968 Fastback to me, 1958 Shelby Fastback, in and, and, and jail. And I said this, I said, when, when you got when you got that car, would you shove mud in the gas tank? He goes, No. I said, when you, Would you open up the, the crankcase and pour gravel where the oil goes? He goes, No. I said, Would you throw paint all over the interior? Would you take a knife and cut up the leather seats? He goes, No. He goes, If I did that, I'd hope you'd come over and shoot me. I said, I probably would. <laughs> because that's an amazing car, I said. I said, Man. And I took all the men in there, most in there in jail for addiction-related issues. And I said, guys, if you would take care of a car, better than you take care of yourself. You're sick. I said, guys, that car can't love. A car doesn't love you. It can't feel. It can't think. It can't write poetry. It can't sing. It can't get excited about good news. It can't do any of those things because it is an inanimate object, a piece of steel. And if we take better care of that than ourselves, we are sick. We are sick. And said it's time we begin seeing us as God sees us, as worth spending time on, worth the death of his son, worth taking you to heaven with uh, eternal life because he loves you and sees you as infinitely valuable. You are, every one of you, and every person you meet, and every person that you will interact with this week is infinitely valuable because they bear the image of God. And maybe it's time we start treating ourselves like it. I want to invite the band to come on back up Are there warning lights going on, like my car? Is your charging circuit light on? Is your stress level high? Friendship levels low, critical? Well, let's stop ignoring them. Stop saying, I'll get to that when I have time. Because what's gonna happen is what happened to me. You're gonna be forced to stop. You're gonna land yourself in the hospital. You're gonna cut yourself and your family and your God years. Short, because you didn't care for God's creation and you're gonna get around to it someday. You're infinitely valuable. Treat yourself like it.